up, 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 up. Wow, time flies. We just talked about the news, the combination news and entertainment. We like to call what, Sherry? That'd be newstainment, John. Newstainment, that's right. Here we go. Diving into some more newstainment. Right, there we go. Well, here he comes now, Jim Walsh. A regular on the show. You start to charge us, Jim, and you give the money to maybe people you want to have vote for you. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, from the 19th, the guy that's running the Republican Party in the state of Washington doing a fabulous job, a friend of mine and the show as well. I uh, love the fact that you are now on to the tuna chicken story. Do we put the word gate behind it? We do that normally. Just quickly, here's what happened. The state of Washington sues uh, chicken people and tuna people. They said you guys colluded and you created a monopoly. You'd raise the prices. That was proven in court that they had done this. They added an extra eight cents on the tuna cans and the chicken. They raised the price on that as well. They all got together. These guys were knuckleheads to be able to have these emails back and forth. It was easy to find a discovery that they had colluded to be able to raise the prices. That's illegal. State of Washington Attorney General steps in, collects $40 million, and then takes the money. And rather than giving it to anybody that might have bought chicken or tuna, they gives it out to just people making 175% of the poverty level. You're going to get a check for either $50 or $120. So far, so good. Is that about it, right? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the easy part. Oh, by the way, Happy New Year. Yes. Um, happy New Year to you, too. That's yeah. the easy part. You, you summed it up well. And it, okay. was a, it was a lawsuit. Some are saying it was a class action suit. Not not precisely correct. It was a Consumer Protection Act lawsuit, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. which uh, our state Consumer Protection Act allows the state attorney general to pursue sort of on the benefit for the benefit of the state, these kinds of price fixing, price manipulation types of stories. So everything you said is right. Okay. The trouble starts after what you said. Oh, OK. And. So what he did, rather than the usual thing, which is offer people the chance to identify and say, yeah, I bought tuna, so I was affected by this, and I should get some kind of rebate or or compensation for that. He just got a list, a mailing list, which was supposed to be of people, as you mentioned, who were in or around the federal poverty uh, level for their household income, and started mailing checks out with his name on the checks okay. and with his name on the letter accompanying the checks. And, uh, uh, you know, even that is allowed. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that, except the list was a disaster. The list okay. was a mess. It was not people of humble means who could use the 50 or 120 bucks. It was a mishmash of all kinds of people, including some very wealthy people, mm-hmm. and more importantly, it completely bollocks up many people's names, like grafting uh-huh. uh, my first name onto your last name or things like that, mm-hmm. uh, and, and most troubling, quite a few dead people on the list, uh-huh. and not like somebody who died a few months ago, like people who died 30 or 40 years ago on this list that he was sending checks to. Mm-hmm. And this has really become a, a kind of a black eye for the state attorney general because it also raises people's hackles about what other lists do we have in this state with people who've been dead 30 or 40 years on them. Oh, possibly our lists of registered voters. 
And this is not an issue I think the state attorney general intended to put into the news, but but here he is, and this is what he's done. So and here I, is... And now he, he's he, uh, throwing his vendor under the bus. It turns out he used uh, the, the credit company Experian uh-huh. and, and paid them for this mailing list, and the mailing list is just a mess. But then that raises the question, John, what's he doing paying Experian for a list of Washington residents when the state government has that information? So it's a whole train wreck right now. Well, so here is the attorney general, Bob Ferguson, responding to the complaints regarding, I guess, name on the check. I get that people are complaining now because, hey, I'm running for for another office. I get the state Republican Party is literally tweeting out that people should sign their checks over and donate them to the Republican Party. Look, I get what this is all about. But this is a practice we've been doing for literally a decade, and nobody's complained. So, Jim, you were tweeted this out. So many questions about what to do about the fishy Fergie checks. If you got a Fergie check made out to a person who's dead, hasn't lived in Washington for years, never lived in Washington, etc., take a picture of the front and email it and relevant details to me. What are you doing with these with these people's information? Yeah, yeah, Jim Walsh. (laughs) Well, the front of the check is public information. If there's nothing proprietary in it, Uh, the names are taken from a data broker's database. So they're uh, they're they're what are you doing? What are you planning to do with all of the information that you gather about the dead people getting checks? We're going to cross-tab them with registered voters, and we're going to see how many of these dead people are registered to vote and see if there's any overlap between those two uh, different but troublingly similar sets of data. The attorney general says this is I didn't his complain politics. when Donald Trump put his name on the stimulus checks. Government works for them. It's putting money back in their pockets. And I understand why some people are complaining, but that's politics. That's politics. And finally, regarding the fact that the system's a little screwy. We mailed 400,000 checks. You know, obviously, on a on a data set that large, the system's not going to be perfect. Here's my question to the attorney general's office. I think, Joe's gonna, I think Joe called and asked. The court says you must pay, remit $40 million going to the state of Washington. I think the case was settled January of last year. When did the money when did the money hit the account, the Washington State bank account? Did it hit within 30 days? Normally they have to remit that pretty quickly. They don't have a lot of time. Was the money held there in an account? And why was it released just before Christmas? And the second question would be, why did you also include the letter? The, the whole idea of, you know, dead people voting, all that other stuff, you can find that, you know, clean up the rolls. But why the letter? The letter basically saying, I, Bob Ferguson, your attorney general is working hard for you. Here's $50 or $120. This is me fighting hard for you, doing whatever I can because I'm that kind of guy and I care about you. And there you go. Here's some money. The letter itself, to me, reeks of a campaign solicitation. Does that not create more alarm bells than the idea that maybe the list isn't good? Well, sure. I mean, they, the, the, but what opened the whole issue up was that the list wasn't good. I mean, I started hearing from people who said, look, my this is a check to my great-grandfather who's been dead for 40 years. What the yes. heck is going on? 
And once we started asking that question and people started sending in their information about their family members who were getting these checks, then it opened up the questions to, well, what's going on with the timing here? And, and yeah, the timing, I mean, the attorney general said it himself. It's politics. It, he can't complain that our questions and our criticisms are politics when the whole thing was politics. I mean, the, the way he time-managed the money and scheduled and calendared the distribution of the checks, which are still, by the way, out there being received by people now, uh, mm-hmm. it's all politics. So, yeah, it's politics to point out that when Donald Trump did something similar, people on the left howled at the inappropriateness of putting the politician's name on a check. Yet here is the uh, state attorney general, certainly someone who goes after Donald Trump every chance he can, following a, a trick from Donald Trump's playbook. So it's all politics, John. I mean, that's what it is. And if why you, you didn't need you didn't need any evidence, you know, in a civil suit or when it comes to you have to be able to prove if, that you were harmed by something. Where's your receipt to prove that you bought the thing? You bought it at Best Buy, whatever the thing is. You send that in and then they give you 10 bucks or 15 dollars or 23 cents or whatever else. But why choose just that one group? 175 percent of poverty. Why that group? so that the check shows up to be $50 or $120, and it's to 400000 But why distribute it just to that group? If everybody in the state of Washington was harmed, and we all paid uh, for the 800 attorneys that work there for the attorney general's office, we all pay their salaries, shouldn't we all benefit from the work that was done by those attorneys working for us to collect the money because we were so harmed by the tuna and the chicken. Why aren't we all getting checks for $2 or $3? Why just that one group? That's the other part that really stinks. As the Attorney General said, it's politics. Uh, it was an <laughs> attempt, I believe, to sway people. And look, I, you know, yeah, it's politics, but I think it's right to, to call out this kind of bungled project and, and, and you know, demand a little accountability. I mean, I'm not keen on the fact that the state attorney general is throwing his vendor under the bus. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not, you know, he literally says it's not our list. Yeah, uh, Bob Ferguson, when you buy the list from a list broker, it's your list. Yeah. And uh, let, let's make the buck stop with... Uh, with the state attorney general and not let him just say it's all politics. It's not all politics. This was a bungled project. It but was he conceived. he did point out that in a in a in a massive mailing like four hundred thousand people, there will be glitches in the system no matter what you're doing, what you're what you're uh, trying to distribute. Approximately, how many of these people have you heard from? Is it ten? Is it twenty? Is it thirty? Uh, how many checks from dead people have you accounted for this uh, up to this point? Oh, more than that, uh, a couple of hundred. I would say at this point the number is probably uh, north of 200 people who've reached out with checks and with stories, you know, about how the person receiving the check, whose name is on the check, mm-hmm. is deceased. And like I say, quite a few of them, it's not a few months ago deceased. It's four years, eight years a couple or decades, 30 or 40 years. So the well, that, list is not clean. Well, that's, uh, says uh, Joe just wrote, we have two listeners that got checks 
with dead uh, relatives, 20, uh, 20 plus years they've been gone. Well, those are checks they'll never have to cash. Here's when you fill out the form. Have you been a member of a household received or a, che- a refund check? from No. Do you c- currently reside in Washington? Yes. How many people are currently living in your household? They tell you that. And then you give your name, your email, your address. That's it. And then down the bottom, oh, don't, oh, don't, I declare under uh, penalty of perjury under the law, I'm giving all the right proper information. They don't ask for your social security number. They have no way of tracking, and they probably are not going to audit as to whether or not you are legitimately saying the amount of money you make is how much money you make. And they'll send you a check because they're not going to follow up on the thing. I'm just assuming they don't have any way of checking on the checks because they don't have a social security number to back it against. And they're going to send you the check. To me, again, Jim, I think the bigger problem is the letter that went with it. Just send the check. You don't need to put all the rest of the stuff in. I'm on his mailing list. I get a, every time he's about to do something. Oh, I just sued Donald Trump. Send me ten bucks. I just did this. Send me fifteen dollars. He says he always sends the letter. Get the email. I'm fighting hard for you. I just won this case. Isn't that great? Aren't I a great guy? By the way, if you'd like me to continue to do this great work, send me ten dollars or five dollars. The biggest thing, I think, is that if they get them on this thing, if they can find out that that's solicitation, that's illegal, then what is the – the fine is like five times the amount that you sent or something like that? It's It would be huge. It would just absolutely bankrupt the guy. Yeah, and the executive access board has already said they think that this does not uh, rise to the level of an ethics action by the board. And their, uh, their response it basically says – Unless he literally asks you to give him money or give him a vote, it's not electioneering. But that just proves that the executive ethics board in the state is a, is kind of a toothless hound. It doesn't; they don't really uh, take a very high standard or use a very high standard for ethical behavior. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to have to probably push this issue beyond the executive ethics board. They've they've struck out now twice in a row. Uh, with things that the uh, Secretary of State uh, of the state has done and now the, the state attorney general, the executive ethics board is not uh, not going to get to the bottom of this. So we may have to do something else to, to make this issue really, really hold accountable, mm-hmm. uh, the, these elected officials and this, these behaviors. But, you know, ultimately it's the court of public opinion that's going to decide this stuff again. He's right. It's all politics. And I want uh, your listeners and just everybody in the state to consider this stuff when they go to vote in, this, in November of this year. And if you, you know, at the end of the year, I mean, this is cynical and incompetent. And is do we need more of that in this state? I think we need uh, we need less cynicism and we need more just competence in how programs are run. The congratulations go to you, Brian Hayward, on the work done with the initiative process. I think five of them have all been turned in for people, uh, and the, it's all being described all in the six. media as all six. Oh, all, all six, six all six. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's evil conservatives are trying to thwart the the good work done by the the hardworking Democrats in Olympia. Yeah, the MAGA extremists. If you're uh, <laughs> if you're anything to the right of Kashama Sawant, you're a MAGA extremist, right? Now the six initiatives have qualified, or they're in the process of qualifying. We handed the signatures in, uh, and uh, we are very optimistic about how uh, those six reforms are going to shape 
not just the upcoming legislative session, but the whole political season in 2024 here in Washington. I mean, this you, is guys back, you guys go back. You guys go back in. You got, yeah, time. you go back in next week. What, are the Democrats scared with the fact that these initiatives went in and you got all those signatures? Yeah, they're trying to figure out what to do. They don't know what should they ignore them. Should they acknowledge them? Should they try to, you know, amend them? What should they do? And they, I, they're in a position that they're not used to being in, where they have to react. They're used uh-huh. to just setting the agenda and doing, you know, kind of steamrolling. These yeah. uh, initiatives are going to make them really think twice about tax policy and law enforcement and, and parental rights. And I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're whether they're going to ignore them or or try to mess with them or what. But I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the process because yeah, it's it's really a, a no lose situation for for reforming uh, the laws of the state. It's gonna it's gonna be great. Whatever happens. Well, we appreciate it, Jim Walsh from the nineteenth. Doing hard work for the Republican Party as well and uh, trying to make sure that uh, everybody realizes politics is not always the best. Enjoy yourself. Uh, enjoy a tuna fish sandwich or a chicken sandwich on, uh, on Bob Ferguson. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you guys. Happy you New too. Year again, and we'll talk soon. All right. There he goes. Okay. Look at Sherry asking the tough questions in there, huh? You are. Uh, <laughs> you just call him like you see him. We're all yeah, concerned I mean, how he I, pronounces MAGA, though. Yeah, he said MAGA. 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 It's MAGA. MAGA. Yeah. I think that's the Latin. <laughs> uh... <laughs> ba, ba, ba. Da, 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 da. Teeny! Teeny! Oh, man, she's working hard getting the letters of the day, getting, you know, the, getting them all organized. Jeez. Uh, okay, sir. We had talked to her about like saying something else in 2024, something new. Hmm. Well, that hasn't yeah. happened in a long time. I'm not sure that she's <laughs> going. To, as they say, people don't change. You see, oh, I get my so sad. All right, Tini, write to us at mynorthwest.com. Coming in through the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line at one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six NBC. Oh, this is right down the street from where you are. They've they they're going in there. They're finding all these the prostitutes. The men could choose from a menu of Asian women Uh-oh. and sexual services. They Uh-oh. had to give their employers and references in order to book appointments. Oh, that doesn't seem too suspicious. Those are the allegations yeah, right. from federal prosecutors who say the commercial sex ring operated for years, at times inside apartment units at the Hanover Tyson's and the Avalon Mosaic. It's- are those nice places? The mosaic is beautiful. It's a, it's a whole area in Fairfax County that's got oh. these beautiful shops. It's very high end, and Tyson's is a you know reasonably high yeah. end place. Yeah, good place mm-hmm. to go buy a car. Yeah. Definitely shocking, mind blowing for sure. This woman didn't want to show her face, but says she saw police appearing to search an apartment at the Hanover yesterday morning. Court documents say hundreds of powerful men may have bought sex in Virginia and Boston in the past three years, including politicians, pharmaceutical executives, doctors, military officers, government contractors with security clearances, professors, lawyers and business executives. One advocate for trafficking victims says she's not surprised. We see just normal everyday professional people. These are the ones with the disposable income 
to go to the illicit massage business and drop $200 cash. Charging documents say the brothel leaders allegedly flew in new Asian women to keep demand and profits high, locked the women in the apartments and didn't tell them what services had been promised to customers. But they don't have the access to get back to their family and the shame and guilt they feel is so severe that they don't feel they could even go back. Kim Luckaboss says her group, Reset 180, helps victims find housing and food, and they encourage folks to reach out if they need help. Now, the charging documents do not list the names of any of the alleged customers. Prosecutors say that is not because they're trying to protect the identities of those people, but rather because it is an ongoing investigation. Amy Cho, News 4. Mm -hmm. Um, Did they also think they were being spied on as well? They're going to get in pillow talk? Yeah, they they thought it could potentially be a honeypot because what they would also do is after they were finished what they were doing, they would go Uh into a lounge and the women would sort of chat up the guy and try to find out about his work and what he did and all of these things. And they'd target these men that they knew were high profile or at least potentially had some sort of information. They don't know, though, whether this was really set up. It was a South Korean couple uh a man and a woman who kind of ran the place but they said it could have come from russia uh from korea israel they're not really sure Mm. 200 bucks that makes hunter biden seem like he's spending a lot more money than that well i think she was speculating about the average cost of a of a like a massage thing but this was 600 an hour oh wow yeah holy moly we went to I don't know What's how that? they recruited the women, though. I that that was a little. Oh, bit here's weird. what they do: they put an ad in a paper. Ad goes in the paper somewhere in South Korea. Great jobs, working as you know whatever it is, making money. You know, fifty thousand, seventy-five thousand dollars a year, whatever it is. You know, can you type? They get over there and they say, "Okay, when you come in, we'll meet you when you get off the plane." They get off the plane. They then take their passports and then they say to them, "By the way, you owe us a certain amount of money because we're going to find we're going to get these jobs for you." They take the passports, they take them to a place, and at this point, they basically are holding them hostage. Mm. You now have to work a certain number of days, months, years in order to pay us back for the airline ticket that we spent to get you here in order for you to get your passport back in order to sort of free you of this indentured servants that you had no idea that you were getting involved in. We'll pay to fly you over here, and then you'll work at these jobs. But the jobs turn out to be prostitution. That's how they do it. That's how they it's catch terrible. most of them in there. It, yeah, it's awful. Um, we did a story when we were at Evening Magazine. We went into the brothels. This is a long time ago before the cameras more sophisticated. We went into the red light district to see what goes on. And we get this guy from Germany who meets us. He's like, no, listen, the camera's very sensitive. It's You must wear this shirt. And it was a this denim shirt, and the one button had the camera. He's like, it's very important that you don't let them see the wires or they will throw you into the canal. Well, yeah, there wires. There was like about fifty yards of wires. You stick that, put that in your, put it in your back pocket, and then there was like this box that you had to put in your back pocket as well. This thing was not exactly, you know, super duper spy stuff. This was like nineteen ninety seven or something. This guy tells us that if they catch you taking video, they will beat you up quite badly and then throw your unconscious body into the canal. And I was like, well, I'm not going to get involved. They said, no, you've got to go in. But the other part of it was you had to go into the into the red light district and into the room with a woman. But 
make sure that you keep the shirt on, keep the pants on so they don't see all the wires and everything else, and try to make sure that you're positioned in such a way that you're getting her face or some image where the little button is. So I had to, like, I was bent over the whole time, sort of <laughs> tilting back to the right, <laughs> twisted off to the side like I had some sort of spinal problem. Are you talking Just, about in Amsterdam? Yes. But it's it's yes. legal there. What was like? What was the? What no, was... not videotaping. No. So what you guys were, but but the prostitution is legal there. Yes. Well, we want just wanted to see what it's like. In... <laughs> Thanks, <Sarah. laughs> but we wanted to get video to show we went inside to find out more. But when we got in there, like, so she's like, uh, "You gonna take your pants off?" It's like, um, da. <laughs> we just want to take the shirt off. Ah, can't take my shirt off. So I'm standing in this little tiny room with her, and I'm fully clothed with about 50 feet of wiring hanging down the back of my pants, and I'm just, like, standing at a weird angle trying to get her face, and I'm trying to interview her. That's basically what I was interviewing her, and she's looking at me like, this is not, this something's wrong here. King in 5 room, signed off on this? Uh... <laughs> Wait a minute. Was this sort of an off-hours project yeah, like an that you wanted no. to? Uh, I mean, I, I've, never, I've seen a lot of evening magazine segments. I've never seen one about <laughs> <Yeah>. prostitutes. <laughs> Prostitution is like. legal here, but what really happens behind the red glass door? But, but you weren't really showing what really happens. You were showing you doing a backbend to try to get her. I didn't, and how did you explain not... yourself? How did you explain yourself to the lady she's like okay you know what do you want and you're like uh i'd like you was to that an accent? Was an accent a little bit of one yes sort of an amsterdam accent yeah uh well i know you go in she takes there's like a pillow like a little stuffed animal next to the bed there she removes the pillow or the stuffed animal which then turns on the camera in the room the cameras have three cameras there's a guy on the top floor that watches every single one of the rooms so and then, so the guy was watching me, looking like I was having some sort of hernia attack, <laughs> while fully dressed in this room, just trying to chat her up, to, like interview her. Is this on YouTube? Oh. Can we find this one? I hope not. <laughs> but I remember the guy. The guy warning me. The German guy's like, "Listen, make sure that you're always leaning back and have the camera, which is this button right here. Try to make sure you're in a position to, and don't let don't let this device in the back. Don't touch that against anything, and get it near an electrical circuit or something." It was so rudimentary. Well, what a wait, mess! What, what if she? What if she tried to get most uh, of my most bu- of the video was was the ceiling. I was shooting <laughs> the ceiling. It was such well, a bad angle. How about she could have gotten a little aggressive with you, and you would have been found out kind of fast. About a number of things, Sherry. <laughs> there you go. Huh? <laughs> All right, that just about covers. And Joe, you didn't have to ask that question. Yeah, I'm sorry. A man walks into a library, says to the librarian, do you have a book about men that have small... Mm? The librarian looks on her computer and says, I don't know if if it's uh, in yet. And the man replies, yeah, that's the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we go. Who's back? Who's back? Who's doing jokes in 2024? There you go. I'm on a roll. Huh, Sherry, who's back? Huh? Yes. Who's doing the funny? Who's doing the funny? Huh? You're 
back and back at it. I, I could risk it, but I do this one. Well, I couldn't the lizard get a girlfriend. <laughs> he had erectile dysfunction. I know. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> reptile dysfunction. Oh. <laughs> Here comes the mail. Reptile. 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 I'm the mailman. As you can yes. see, I'm the mailman. Don't nobody mess with me. I'm Go. the mailman. If you didn't know, I'm the mailman. Right, bring the my, mail to your door. My headphone yeah, right. cord is caught in the wheel of my chair. <laughs> So I can't move my head. I, I have to wait until I get off the air, and then I'll pull it out. But right now, I'm 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 kind of like in a brothel in uh, in Amsterdam. <laughs> Take a look at the button, girl. Take a look at the button. <laughs> Just keep staring at my shirt. Oh, here goes. Oh, the mailman's already been here. We're getting letter of the day. First, take care of all the rest. Here we go. All right, here are the randos. Mike in the 360 mm-hmm. says, John, you are still mm-hmm. exceptionally funny. You guys never Thank fail you. to deliver giggling moments. Joe Mama, mm-hmm. you are so cool that the other side of the pillow is jealous. Joe Mama. Oh, okay. Uh, Tony and Buckley says, what the hell am I listening to? Also, you guys should do an <laughs> off-air podcast. I love to hear how you really feel about some of these ridiculous stories. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, off-air podcast. Uh, off-air podcast. Uh, 360 Mike says, why is it every time I sit down to eat, Sherry's dog poop commercial comes on? Because oh, you're know. a lucky man, Mike. Because you you're are. A lucky man. You compare your droppings to her Sherry's dog. You're doing okay. <clears throat> Hee-haw, Aaron says, Joe Mom is so stupid he thinks dogs are bad dancers because they have two left feet. <laughs> Joe Mama. Oh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Aaron. The mm-hmm. Rover app, uh, Dennis in Seattle, says his name was Jacob. Interesting. Also, I forgot we like Sarah Nelson and Big Lou really that bit. Is Big Lou really that big? And is he on meds, too? I think it's uh, some type of joke that I don't understand. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob. <laughs> Sound Transit Light Rail. Andrew 509 says, mm, did I hear you write one billion dollars for one mile? Uh, great googly moogly. Googly moogly. Uh, Joe note. I double checked. It's actually one billion per two miles. Oh, well, oh, that's, oh really, Joe? There you can, go. Can correct me on the air. <laughs> I didn't know at the time. Yeah, well, we're, you're going to be doing an off the air podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoe true. sniffers. David in Woodenville says maybe he's smelling it to see if it's real leather. Who wants some plastic core frame shoes? Okay, well, well that's a point there. Doug <laughs> in Mount Vernon says, What was the story about returning someone's shoes uh, or a bad pitch for a Disney live action, Cinderella? Either way, I kind of enjoyed it. Did, were these people listening to a different show that we were doing? I don't understand. Did we, and we did that story, but didn't quite see how that fits in there. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, I the have F- to go, please. I know, too. Uh, I'm with you. Here we go. The mm-hmm. Epstein list, Mike in Portland, says Oscar Wilde said the only thing worse than people talking about you is no one talking about you. However, I don't think that applies to being on the Epstein list. Mm, that's true. Teeny? And now it is time for the letter of the day. Yes, the letter of the day is chosen by the teeny tiny lady lives in a pickle jar. Sherry? This comes from Tracy in the 206, and this is about the Burger King guy. Dear mm-hmm. teeny tiny lady in the pickle jar, I worked for King County for 30 years, and guess what I got? Nothing. Can you no. send me some cookies? Oh. What a bunch of hogwash. Oh, yeah, that is hogwash. cookies. Okay, are we sending her cookies? <laughs> huh? 
Show? Sure, yes, absolutely. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, we cookies. Some, yeah. Bite me cookies over there. All right. That's all. We're on a roll. We are on a roll. Yeah. You want to do another hour? You want to broadcast another hour? Or you want to do one like off the air where we tell people to really think of the stories? Let's do on the air with lots of jokes.